and welcome to the Music Works podcast. I'm Katie Beardsworth, director and founder of Polyphony Arts, and today I'm delighted to welcome songwriter and accordionist extraordinaire Amy Thatcher to the studio to talk about her amazing new EP, Let What's In Out, that explores her experience of giving birth to premature twins while on tour in Berlin. Amy has built her reputation as one of the UK's leading folk accordionists, working with incredible names such as Catherine Tickell, Sting, the Royal Northern Symphonia, the She and the Monster Cayley Band. The EP follows on from the release of her debut album Solo in 2019, which has been described as not just a superior showcase of the accordion, more a personal expression of the emotional layers a single instrument can touch. Let What's In Out will be launched on the 17th of November 2021, which is World Prematurity Day. And stay with us to hear more about Amy's experience of the birth of her twins and how this has influenced her music, as well as her campaign to support Bliss, the leading UK charity for babies born premature or sick. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Allianz offer a team of music experts who understand musicians' needs and lifestyles, especially helpful during the strange times we're in. You can get cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment with protection against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. And, unlike home insurance, there's no excess to pay on instrument or accessory claims. At the moment, Allianz have a special online offer with two months free cover. Not only that, every Allianz Music policy now includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Allianz, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. So now let's go over to the Music Works studio where Amy is waiting to speak to us. Welcome, Amy. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, nice to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, so this is a slight departure from the usual um, music works um, context of strictly classical music, That although we do often go into the music industry in general, but um, Amy has this absolutely fantastic single being released um, next week, and I'm really excited to talk about it today. Um, so Amy, why don't you tell us a bit about um, you and your career, first of all? Um, I'm an accordionist primarily. Um, I play in um, bands playing sort of mainly folk and traditional music, really, but a kind of sort of fusion of various different things. One band we have there, um, fusion with electronic music, and it's based in sort of traditional Kaylee dancing type of music. So dance music, basically, we kind of fuse dance music together. And another band with um, some Scottish musicians. I work with singers and uh, I've worked with uh, Piper Catherine Tickell a lot. Um, and then recently I've just started doing more in my solo career. So I released a, my debut album solo in 2019 and then launched that at the Sage. And then, uh, well, since then, the last couple of years, obviously there's been a few things in the way, but having kids and raising very small children has been the main one, actually, aside from the other main one that everyone's felt recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My main one was, was having small children in the way. So yeah, this year I've, I've, I kind of felt the need to continue, you know, what I started and crack on, you know, so I've just uh, about to release my EP. It was uh, following from the 
from the debut album under the solo record. Oh, um, brilliant. And tell us about the record. Uh, yeah, so first of all, an EP was just a nice small amount of work to do so I could just get something done. <laughs> it's like, that's a nice manageable amount of things. Um, so the first track on the album uh, was particularly dear to me. Um, sort of sums up my experiences over the last couple of years, really. It's called Look At You Now. And I wrote that um, about my experience giving birth to premature twins at the end of 2019. Um, they were 11 weeks premature. Um, not only that, I, I was on tour at the time in Berlin. So they were born in Berlin and I had to spend two and a half months there uh, waiting for them to be fit to travel and sorting a lot of administrative nightmares out along the way. Um, yeah, that that track has is sort of uh, it's it's been a really cathartic sort of. It, it was so it's such an emotional time, and I still feel emotional about it now. It was it's like a it's a, a an outpouring really, but just trying to fit into four minutes. <laughs> I've, I've done my best to try and fit, you know, all, everything I felt about that experience into this track, really, uh, just to kind of mark the occasion. It was such a such a big ordeal. Um, mm. Yeah, it's something that's felt. It just felt right to uh, to write about it now. Um, yeah, as the uh, as the twins are now are now two, is that right? They've just turned two. Yeah, so yeah. we get to that slightly easier age. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't really remember anything about last year. No. Some small children involved in my life, yeah, but apart from that, it was so stressful, I, I barely remember any of it. You um, just do yeah, it, I remember the time you? in my Berlin in Berlin really well. I've documented mm -hmm. it and um, musically and, and with and in a diary and things. I I've really clear memories of that part and then everything between coming home from then and to now basically. I've started like gaining awareness again. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, a very, um, a very, very difficult time. Um, and um, yeah. sort of, I was about to say unusual experience, but not as unusual as you might think, actually. Um, I don't think I so, no. Yeah. I mean, there are circumstances to it, but I mean, really, the, you know, I didn't, at the time when I thought 11 weeks, I was like, I, I don't even know if they were going to be okay. It quickly mm. became apparent that they were going to be okay because that is quite common, actually, um, especially when you're in that neonatal unit and you see all of the pictures in the in the uh, sort of waiting room and lots of thank you notes and things. And everyone puts their, uh, you know, their details down and the stats, you know, you love reading that everyone else's stats and things. And you, you realize that it's, oh, it's, this is quite normal, really. And they all they all appear to be absolutely fine as well. The science is it's fantastic, you know, the mm. doctors and nurses do such a great job there. It becomes very apparent straight away that they're just going, yes, this is just a normal day for me. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got small children, I see these all, all the time, and you go, oh, yeah, okay. I, I feel immediately reassured. <laughs> they're heart. absolutely amazing, aren't they, the people yeah. who, who, who deal with this situation every single day. It does feel yeah. like a completely alternative reality. When I used to be um, a doula and I used to support women sometimes who'd had premature babies and the routine and, and the sort of experience of being um, a new mum, whether it's a first time mum or a, a subsequent um, child or children is completely different from, I think, what 
is what is imagined or what is like perceived in general um uh, and i think that's part of what the track is about isn't it yeah i I think so it's yeah i mean yeah i certainly had like the birthing experience that i thought i would have the second time around you know you think you've got lots of experience after your first one somehow (laughs) but how can it be the same there are multitude of different ways to give birth it turns out this is not yeah. one of the ones I had written down. Oh, I know. It might happen. <laughs> yeah, it's early um, in the birth plan, yeah. is it? No, no. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the track, um, sort of going from start to finish. I, it, it has a, I try trying to imagine. Um, no, th- I suppose I'll start with how I wrote it chronologically. I, I had a, just this little phrase that I used to sing to my firstborn Stefan when he was younger. It was very short. I just kind of sang it um, to him when he was, you know, sleeping in my, in my arms and things. Just one of those lovely moments. Um, and I, when, while I was in Berlin, standing over Gwen and Jay's cot, my the twins' cot, um, you know, it just sort of came back to me, and I thought, you know what, maybe this is the time. I had a bit more more time, just kind of sitting, waiting there. They were kind of cared for, really. So it was it was quite a nice, peaceful moment. Uh, maybe I'll. I'll stick a bit more on this tune and sort of just hummed it to myself a little bit, just kind of taking in the atmosphere while I was there and then and had a, a sort of, you know, a minute's worth of melody. Um, that was obviously the end of 2019. And I thought, I'm probably not going to do anything with this. It hadn't occurred to me. But while I was thinking about things to write for this new EP, as I felt the urge to write some music again for the first time in ages, this tune came back to me again. Uh, so first thing I did was just play it on the accordion finally um, and then just sort of harmonized that for solo accordion and I had it and I played it once through and I thought well that's it kind of finished really it wasn't the kind of melody that you needed to repeat or hear again so I'm going to need something else for this it can't just be a minute long Um, so I, I it's structured with this I came up with this this texture that goes in the background because while we've got that that melody that peaceful moment that came out of those calm moments there was that chaos in the background um so i wanted the track to feel like this the accordion the, and the music that comes from that part and that 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 small composition represents the the babies and this peaceful calm this this central point your focus is completely on that um, towards the, the beginning and, and in the background. This sort of representing the chaos and the emergency, this 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 rhythm uh, that I came up with on the on the piano with and a bit of percussion in there. Sort of has this sort of siren type back and forth um and has this busyness to it. But it it sort of sinks away um while the accordion comes in over the top. Uh, and then that fades away. Um, and I thought, well, it came from my voice, so I'll finish with that. And it ends completely just solo voice, just humming it, you know, not in a particularly great way, just as any mum would do to their children. So really quietly, just very quietly in the background, just on its own, singing this melody. Um, because at the end of the day, what you're left with after all of that chaos and that, that emergency is just 
you come back home, the the hospital's gone, you're just left with two babies, and you just, you're just home again. It's just you're just like a normal mum finally after all that time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is nice to for it to feel normal after all of that. Sounds that, like it sort of takes you over the. the try to the, the piece to kind of take you from beginning to end of, of that experience almost and it kind of really sounds as though because this is what I thought when I first heard the track is that it focuses in on that experience as a mother when the <laughs> when the experience of having babies in hospital especially in an emergency situation is so surrounded by other things and people doing things and procedures mm. happening that you don't completely understand and it all kind of like drills into this space that you've created to me anyway um yeah for you and the babies and you know to try out all that other stuff yeah that's right yeah I, I didn't want it to be too descriptive and I'd really like people to listen to it and interpret it themselves really I think there is room for mm-hmm. interpretation because if your experience is slightly different I you know I do want you want people to listen to that and recognize something from it it might be a slightly different thing but um yeah, hopefully much like different. much like people's experiences of motherhood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. a bit different. <laughs> the chaos how, might how be something amazing. completely different, but hopefully you'll. Yeah, it, it might be something else to another mother. That that chaotic part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> certainly. Uh, yeah. Certainly something we've all experienced at some point or another. But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely amazing to hear about, and this is just such an incredibly um, special and important piece of music. I'm really glad we're getting to talk about it, and that you've. Uh, and that you've put it together and are releasing it into the world and uh, you're releasing it on um on an important day yeah next week next wednesday is um world prematurity day 17th of november um the first time i heard about it was while i was in berlin they had prematurity day there um obviously i was still in the hospital with my twin my twins and um yeah it was it was lovely it, we had a little um people came in and brought some cakes and things they did do some chatting i didn't understand anything but I kind of got the impression they were talking about their experience of of being there and they brought their um sort of older four-year-old daughter in who was born very very prematurely um mm. yeah we had some cakes i got some lovely cards and things um gift bags and things which you know i kind of assumed that they might have been provided by the equivalent bliss charity in germany you know i, I had no mm. idea it was one of those you know, oh, somebody's provided all these things for free and you get these complimentary things, little gift bags and things like that. And it's it's lovely, but someone's put the event on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how, how to raise money, how, how to repay um, Charité Hospital for, for what they did there. But um, yeah, so I thought raising money for Bliss at this end would uh, would do enough to, to, re- to say thank you. Yes, and so that that's what you're doing, isn't it? With this uh, with this release, you're uh, you're also raising money for Bliss, which is the prematurity charity in the UK. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got my fundraising page open on Just Giving, uh, which uh, I think is on the banner yeah, there. So Thank you very if much. If you're watching on video, it's appearing on the screen right now. It'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So and we're, so you're having an event in Newcastle to uh, to launch the single um do you want to talk a bit about that and and what that's going to be like yeah so i'm, I'm holding the launch at baltic 39 on prematurity day in the evening and um and have some drinks and and have a screening of the i've, I've uh, made a video for look at you now as well so um it's not something i wanted to perform live necessarily i think this video kind of helps capture capture the event a bit more actually 
Mm. Um, and I've got to, we've got a baby clothes swap and things like that. So um, it's going to be like a, a nice little, and hopefully I'll be able to chat to some other mothers about their experiences and just just get a chance to, to talk about what happened to me without getting into too much detail over the uh, over the passports and and things like that which which seems to take over when I when I tell the story I want to talk about um you know other aspects of of the of that event you know the yeah. the babies I want to focus on them sometimes it's easier for people to talk about the practical isn't it, it absolutely uh, and there was so yeah. many things to talk about so yeah it's, yeah it's to talk about the other thing yeah yeah things like how I felt about it and yeah yeah I feel I can kind of bring some closure to it somehow in in a really positive way because it was a it was a positive experience actually I know we're kind of predisposed to look back on our birthing experience in a very positive light you know that's just kind of that's how it works so you can have another baby and things like that but I genuinely really enjoyed my time over there uh, especially once it became clear that Gwen and Jay were going to be absolutely fine and were really well taken care of and I was in a great place it was mm. a lovely lovely time <laughs> that's that's amazing to hear and it certainly comes across in, in in the way you talk about it and in the track as well the uh, the um telling of this this story in a very positive light um yeah absolutely it's very difficult isn't it to tread the line between talking about birth as a as a positive or or less positive experience because it's so like it's just so personal and um you know I, I it's interesting to hear you say that we're we're designed to look back on birth as a positive experience because I really I hear a lot of negative birth yeah um, <laughs> stories in there um especially to um you know especially like um yeah there's just a general understanding that it's a bit of a a bit of a nightmare and something that you kind yeah, of have to go yeah. through and I do love thinking about um well I love thinking about birth in a positive way but also in like a realistic way and actually it's just a huge and major life experience and it probably has its uh its positives and its negatives um yeah yeah I mean yeah. I don't think if, if anyone suddenly discovered somehow that they were going to be giving birth tomorrow out of the blue they'd be like really really pleased about it but um yeah it's um it's a it's a strange old thing isn't it it really is yeah sorry I've noticed um since I became a mother how many assumptions there are about um about mother's experiences and oh it must have felt like this or it must have felt like that um so it's lovely to hear there being space given to to true experiences and complex yeah. experiences I think. yeah they're they're always so different and you know it doesn't matter how many times you you how many children you have um you're never gonna be an expert because there's too many different ways for it to happen yeah um. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and um so there are um there are other tracks on the um ep would you like to talk yes. about the, the album as a whole yeah um yeah so just briefly going through the the track order i've got um this second track is uh called knee musette pat <laughs> it's sort of like a Geordie parody on a French music tune. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so completely solo accordion. Um, it's kind of like a fast music, so uh, three, four, waltzy style thing. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Really, it's, it has a sense of humour about it. So uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely not a music because uh, I'm not French. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, my accordion doesn't have this uh, musette function to it anyway. This this sort of you, you have these two reeds that are ever so slightly tuned, that just apart, so that they kind of vibrate with with each other. Which is where you get that sort of very accordiony, almost chorus-like effect on it. Mm. That's that's the musette reed. Oh, um, okay. Didn't know that. So generally, um, musette, you know, French musette type pieces or any other kind of European musette style things are done with this reed. I don't have one of those, so it, that's another reason for the knee musette doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then there's a, a track called The Unheard, um, which I've written as the sort of... Um, it's sort of an ode to people who don't really like to share too much on social media or they we don't really kind of shout about too, things too much but just a reminder that people are still there and they still have those opinions really because yeah um they can often be obscured by other people's uh, opinions and things but it's easy to to assume that all opinions are the same when you when you see them on the screen um, yeah uh, and also i i used to be a bit of a social media phobe really so it's a sort of like goodbye to the old me as well because i'm starting to try and share a bit more you know mainly for um business purposes really um, yeah it's part of the job now isn't it so uh, i'm back on board with it <laughs> or it i'm is. on board in the first place now <laughs> it is hard though isn't it because I, I i actually talk to musicians about this an awful lot it seems very there seems to be a big sort of hidden drive that you sort of have to be on social media and then it's like you have to do more and you have to share this and you have to share that and it's really not everyone's cup of tea yeah um, it's really hard but mm. i think um yeah you you realize that some people just have this natural ability to do that and they just it just comes very naturally it's mm. there's some other people that just take a bit more hard work and it's definitely that way for me i'm not really a natural kind of sharer anyway but it it once i kind of realized that this was just all part of the job it just becomes a lot easier it's just it's just business mm. um yeah some some things are too personal to share i don't put pictures of my kids on on their social media at all yeah uh, but you know other things musical things you know even kind of like quite quite silly things i'm i'm up for sharing those that that sort of stuff now yeah absolutely it's that that finding of that way in which you're happy expressing what you want to express for yeah. like professional reasons yeah um, exactly because you realize yeah. it's important and it's important to for your peers to see that you're engaged in that actually um well it's it's just the most um current way of being visible isn't it and it it does give global visibility so the thing is that when mm. what you know i mean i used to since the pandemic i have been advising clients that really uh, before i used to say social media presence was personal choice and we kind of do what we can with my sort of representation clients either way but now i have to admit i struggle to to um think i'll do a really good representation job for a client who doesn't have a social media presence because it's just so um it's just you just people just expect it they just expect to be able yeah. to go online and find out stuff about what a person's into whether it's not, not necessarily personally but certainly professionally um yeah kind of, it makes you, you know, seem like you're more engaged in your own career i think it just gives yeah. that impression Absolutely. so yeah i think it's 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 become necessary now isn't it so does this ep 
feel I'm aware that you're saying that you're not a big sharer and that you don't you know naturally take to social media and things like this so this is like a really um how how easy has it been for you to write and release this this music and and you know talk about it and do all the press and everything um yeah I suppose before before I decided that I was going to do any solo work it was it was that same feeling of going I'm not ready to I'm not ready to share this. So back in 2019, that especially felt like a big step. I was like, oh, I should, I should write some solo stuff and just be brave about it, because you have to be brave before you can be confident. And um, mm. so I, I do feel a bit more confident this time round. It's taken me a long time to get it done. I mean, obviously I had a big hiatus in, in between. Um, so the start of uh, you know March 2021, I think was the time I was like, okay, enough is enough. So my my kids didn't really need me in the same way they did before. It wasn't so demanding of my time, and physically demanding. And I I just suddenly had a little space in front of me. I could see a path, and nothing was there. I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna need to do something. And um, yeah, it was a really obvious choice. I was like, right, get some music done. Remember what you love doing, and do that. Is that, like, you know, I, it was. It was just a flick of a switch. Actually, I think just the sun came out. It was springtime. <laughs> It's that sort of feeling of going, okay, I can see the year ahead and the sun's out and it's calling me to uh, to do my thing. So, um, yeah, that's the, the title of the album, Let What's In Out, was really obvious um, coming from that. You know, it's uh, it, it has several meanings for me. Obviously, it has that um, coming from a sort of maternity leave hiatus and trying to get back to being you again. It's that simple rule for how to how to do that really um because you can store up so much inside that yeah if you maybe that's not the obvious choice it's just just let it out you know mm, um sure and obviously there's the, a lot of people who've done maternity leave yes i think so <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know musician or not i think it's the same thing it's just kind of it's a um, sense of yourself isn't it yeah learning how to be you again mm. um and then it obviously has that kind of connection with uh, giving birth as well. At whatever time they want to be ready, you know, they, they come out when when they want to. Just let it out. <laughs> um, Just like the album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a family motto, really, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if you're all living by it, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how wonderful. Um, is it okay to talk about um, expression as well? Because I, re- I obviously I've I've read um, your press release and I've read about the album and ab- about the um, the title. Let what's in out um, being also to do with um, being able to release creativity as a musician and you know as a woman and a mother and having um, you know things in the way of essentially letting that out. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So yeah, having physically having babies in you know plonked on your chest the entire time is one of those really obvious ones um in mm-hmm. the they sort of grow up and fall away and you think okay right that we have what is that path ahead mm. um and yeah, the um the as musicians i think we're all kind of on this quest for that that place between um, between like having you know finished training and learn all of the things that we needed to learn from all the amazing teachers and then finding our own voice and our own place within that 
um yeah you know being able to to step away from what's gone before and say now this is me and this is my place in the industry and in the music world yeah and it can often be hard to um convince yourself that actually you are ready for that mm. you know you're the voice of your generation now one of the voices you you're a key player and it, it's it's hard as a woman to convince yourself of that i think especially um and then you get these things in the way like motherhood and things like that you think oh, have i missed my chance or am i or am i ready for this or do i have the right kind of focus for this kind of thing you know so it's yeah i think that's an, that's another reason for the having the motto if, if I was ever struggling with like, oh, you know, I'm kind of flitting around between different ideas or kind of like wondering whether it's the right thing to do, just let what's in out. Just get on with it. <laughs> it's like a little kind of shove, you know, come on, you're, you're yeah. ready for this, right? You, you know, you. Do you think being, do you think becoming a mother has, has been part of being ready to do that? Yeah, I think so. I think certainly like I haven't got this time to procrastinate as much as I did before. It's just like Oof, you've got yeah. two hours to to do something this morning, get it done. You mm. know, I I've got time to like start thinking down that road. So it, it's trying to think of ways to kind of bring yourself out of that and focus focus on your goals and things like that, and and to convince yourself that you're ready. You know, you, you've done all the training. Yeah. You know, you you have a voice. It just need you just need to find a way of of putting it down on paper, as it were. Absolutely, yeah. such a powerful message to so many people. Yeah, I, I, I really feel like I want to kind of, yeah, that for that to come across and like call on, call on women, all women, you know, to to do that because I think it's just everyone just needs a little a little kick, a little supportive yeah. kick. Um, I yeah. feel the same. I feel I, there's an interesting timing about this, isn't there? And that um, I feel the same. I started this podcast. I, I would never have dreamed that I would do podcasting. Um, and I always used to talk about what I wanted to talk about, sort of to only to people who I knew would uh, would agree with me. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it's like, well, I will, I know all of these things, but I will never say them publicly. And it feels like something to do with becoming a mother and to, to do with the the kind of way the world and society is at the moment, and um, the sort of support that there is for inclusivity and and self expression that is is continually growing. That there's a mm. I often say I think that more and more everyone is becoming an activist <laughs> in yeah, some way or absolutely. another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know when you're ready for it, you don't you don't have to yeah. worry about if if that's not quite you yet, or if it yeah. you know it's just not you at all. But just just take what we're saying on board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So would that be your advice to anyone listening then to uh, let what's yeah. in out? <laughs> yeah, just do your thing. It doesn't yeah. you know it doesn't matter if someone else is doing your thing. There's plenty of room for everyone. And uh, you know, it your thing is is your own thing. Don't worry about what, what anyone else is doing. <laughs> you stop comparing Absolutely. yourself to other people, and very freeing. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and where can we buy the EP? It's out on the seventeenth of November, right? Yeah, you can buy that on my Bandcamp page, please. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that link will be in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you. And here it is for all the video watchers on the screen. 
Um, that's brilliant. Um, thank you so much, Amy. This has been a really moving and inspiring conversation about your music. Oh, it's, it's been, been a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you for having um, me. So as I've said uh, to listeners, if you want to find out more about Amy and her music, you can go to amythatcher.co.uk. Her album Solo is available on Bandcamp and the new album will be out on the 17th of November, um, which is just a few days away when we release this. And to donate to Amy's World Prematurity Day 2021 fundraiser, go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Amy Accordion. I'm Katie Beardsworth and Music Works is brought to you by the team at Polyphony Arts with thanks to our sponsor Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960 and proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Thank you so much again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Works podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe, check out our other great episodes and even better, leave us a review. You can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing dash list for updates and news about what Polyphony Arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there. You can find more information in the show notes as well. Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beardsworth and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening.